0: Now, Brandon Six Boy What is poppin', fam? It is Monday, May 15th. In a lovely, sunny, Calabasas, California morning. What is going on, fam? we got a very special episode today because my boys, the two brilliant men from the John Anik and Kenny Florian podcast available on DraftKings now, is jumping on the show to chat some fisticuffs with me, two of my favorite people. I've known these guys for a hot second. I've worked with both gentlemen and uh, they're two of the smartest, brightest men in the game, so I'm happy to have them on the show today, breaking down everything UFC-related, PFL, Francis Ngannou news, so it should be a fun one. Uh, As far as tour dates coming up this Friday, I'm at the Ice House Shopping Friends, 8 p.m. show. It's almost sold out. Um, It is Eric Griffin, Sam Tripoli, Jeff Dye, we got a whole freaking lineup of monsters that is this Friday at the Ice House. Yeah, you have Eric Griffin, Jeff Dy, Sam Tripoli, Grant Cotter. It's going to be a fun way, fun one. That's at 8 p.m. at the new Ice House in Pasadena, Pasadena California. Uh, and that's just the shop and Friends. But as far as tour dates goes... Uh, I'm back on the road starting June 2nd through the 4th in La Jolla, California, basically San Diego, right outside San Diego, La Jolla Comedy Store, one of the best venues in all of the land. That's going down June 2nd through the 4th. That's a Friday, two shows, Saturday, two shows, Sunday, one show at 7 p.m. So that's in La Jolla, California at the Comedy Store. And after that, your boy's jumping across the pond. Uh, This is one show in every city in Europe. Um, it's a theater run. So starts in Belfast, June 15th, Glasgow, June 17th, Manchester, June 18th, London, June 22nd, Cardiff, June 23rd. And I'm ending the tour in Dublin, June 25th. Can't wait. I will see you guys there. Let's jump right into the show. Um, two of my faves. Like I told you guys, you got John Anik, Kenny Floyd. Join me now. Enjoy the show. This episode of The Shop Show with Kenny Floyd and John anik is brought to you by Happy Hippo Kratom. Boy, you guys know I love me some Happy Hippo Kratom. I use it before every show, and I reached out to them to be part of the show because I use the product so much. It helps me just get stuff done when I need to. However you want to try your Kratom, whether you want to get it in your freaking powders, your gummies, I use the instant shots. But Happy Hippo, they're changing the game. You got the new K-dips. Now, you know I love nicotine uh, pouches. They're tobacco-free, right, the nicotine I use. So my friends at Happy Hippo say, oh, you like to use... Pouches in your mouth. How about the first ever Kratom pouches? This is the Blue Razzle. They come in winter green as well. I mess with the Blue Razzle. It's the first ever to market. Feel the K Kratom Extract Infused Pouches, man. What are they doing? The world's first game changing tobacco, nicotine free Kratom Extract. Pouches. This is a Happy Hippo exclusive. exclusive It's available right now at happyhippo.com. And you can save 20% off when you go to happyhippo.com. Promo code is thick23 for 20% off. That's thick with three C's. Try the new K Dips. It's the first to market ever. Kratom pouches, K Dips available right now at happyhippo.com. I know you guys are like me using all the nicotine pouches. Some use the tobacco pouches. Try the Kratom. Step your game up. Feel the K. The new K-Dips from Happy Hippo, first market ever, is available right now. They have winter green. They have the blue razzle, which I like. It's less than one gram of sugar per pouch, all right? You don't have to spit and all that stuff. It's not that. It's not like chewing tobacco, all right? So it's tobacco-free, nicotine-free. It's just absolutely pure kratom heaven in a pouch. K-Dips. HappyHippo.com. Promo code THICK23
1: for 20% off. Get you some.
0: So, fellas, oh, coming, uh, or especially you, John, coming off uh, the big uh, Charlotte card, my man. Wait, before we get into fighting, before we get into any fighting, my Nuggets are playing the Lakers. I would bet hard, cold cash. I know you're betting, man. So are you, kidding? Me. I'd bet hard, cold cash it's Nuggets for Celtics in the finals.
2: Well, the Celtics, I feel like, have been the best team for two years. No rings as yet to show for it. So yeah. I like your uh, your forecast. But, yeah, I mean, I think the Nuggets are the team to beat right now. If I look at the Final Four, you know, they'll be favored, obviously, in this series against the Lakers. And I think depending on how it goes, they'll be favored against the Celtics. Mm. But, uh, yeah, we're hopeful, man. You know, as soon as D.C. walked into our fighter meeting and started banging on the Celtics down 3-2, I knew they were going to win Game 6 and seven.
1: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Yeah, dude, we just need Tatum. We just need Tatum to keep dropping 50 plus points bro, a game, and we should God be good. God dang, that dude is such a beast. Such a beast. Yeah, and,
0: and it's yeah. weird living in LA and being, you know, like a diehard Nuggets fan. Like, I was at this birthday party yesterday from one of my son's friends, and all the dads are talking all this trash about the Nuggets. I'm like, you guys are <laughs> out of your mind. I was like, where was this energy during the regular season? They're such fair weathered right. fans. For sure.
2: Well, Alexander Volkanovsky is a big Denver Nuggets fan because he crossed paths with Jamal Murray and he was befriended by those guys. I actually bought him a Celtics jersey number 55 to try to push him in that direction. (laughs) Certainly the Volkman is hoping that it's a Nuggets Celtics final, but no, I mean, I don't have to tell you when Jamal Murray's healthy, when the Nuggets are healthy, they're a totally different team and Jokic is the best player that I've seen certainly this year with respect to Joel Embiid. I thought you were going to lead with me being in Charlotte, North Carolina, so I got to see the team Florian relocate from venice california to uh to the east coast and let us just say the man made a good decision Did he?
0: It, you, you love it out there kenny <laughs> it's cool man we, we we like it we like it it's been fun man good for yeah. you man yeah that charlotte yeah. crowd was nuts that they uh, were into it dude. for for a fight night too was it the
2: biggest gate for a fight night i think yeah that's what i heard biggest domestic audience to 18712 I believe for a domestic UFC fight night. I kind of felt like UFC Fight Night Dillashaw Cruz in Boston might have been 20,000 plus but I guess I was wrong on that. Yeah, it was a great crowd and uh I did say on the broadcast people tend to boo the wrestling and the grappling almost instantaneously in the US. So if I had any complaint about that crowd it's only that they just go. had a little bit of impatience when it came to the wrestling and the grappling, but I just have to say as a city in terms of the people and a place that I would probably relocate my family if I could right oh, now, wow. it's Charlotte, North Carolina. Yeah. It was just, uh, it blew my mind. I mean, you know, the kid's got a, what, I mean, what is it? A 40 foot swing attached to a goddamn tree in his backyard. What? <laughs> what? Yeah. Kenny,
0: you didn't have that in Venice, California, no. my man.
1: No, I didn't. I did it. Yeah.
2: How many feet, Kenny? How many feet?
0: It's
1: pretty damn tall, dude. So you He's could, gonna get
2: be very out. injured on this thing,
1: B. I'm <laughs> yeah, telling you. and are, are there the st- are there state taxes out there? There is, there is not like L.A. I mean, not like Cali, but uh, it's definitely a lot less. And how's that? How's
0: that homeless situation? How, is the homeless popping out there like L.A.? Nah, nah. Nah, (laughs) man. I mean, I might be joining you guys too. Let me know, Anik. We'll get, we'll get a time show together, man. Mix the families. As long as you're cool with fish though, right? (laughs)
3: Exactly.
0: (laughs) Yeah. I thought the, the Charlotte card overall, man, was stacked for, for a fight night. And, uh, obviously the, the narrative on, I think, uh, Ian Gary stole the show. I think he walked away as the superstar in the entire card. That kid has superstar written all over him. And, you know, you guys know more so than anyone. When fighters come in, they have, like, that arrogance about them, and they're calling their shots, and there's this, you know, sense of confidence. And we can feel when it's not authentic. With Gary, like, oh, no, this is very – hate to make the comparison because they're completely different, but it's very Connor like When they say something like, oh, he actually – he believes that. That's not, like, a gimmick like a lot of guys are doing.
2: Kenny, it's interesting, Jailton Almeida is like very close to the top of the heavyweight division already, and yet we're going to lead our show in an hour with Ian Machado, Gary, man. I mean, no doubt about it, people just don't understand the extent to which this kid is a mental giant. He's just getting started at 25. I could go on, but uh yeah, I mean, if he's not a future champion, I certainly think at some point he's fighting for the title, and uh I feel pretty good going chips to the center of the table on that kid even right now
1: yeah well, what's cool, yeah, what's cool is you could see that passion that he has for the game, which I think you absolutely need to have. It's not like, oh, he's there to be famous or anything, like he wants to fight, he wants to face the best, and he's got the talent man, and every single fight we've seen him in, I think we've seen improvements, so he's clearly training with the right guys he he's traveling around um and wants to prove himself and he's doing that each and every fight i like the progression of his career
0: too like you know yeah. d-rod was not an easy that's not an easy night in the office man d-rod's no joke and he passed out oh. with flying colors so you got you got Ian gary on there you got, you got a lot of guys that i think are going to fight for a title pretty soon here you know with the main event with the heavyweights then you also had johnny walker anthony smith
2: yeah, it's a great time for a lot of these divisions, and I hate to cut you off, but the welterweight division is interesting because I just looked at the rankings before we came on, and Kamar Usman and Kamzat Chimaev are up there occupying slots like one and four, two and four, so there's going to be a lot of movement in the UFC's welterweight division, and I know Ian Gary's got a lot of teammates residing in that top 15, but... Dude, I mean, this kid, man, the appetite for knowledge, like he's going to Brazil May 21st because he wants to really wrap himself around how they do jiu-jitsu, which seemingly is different than anywhere else in the world. You guys both can obviously speak to that. And then he's going to go to fucking New Zealand to hang out with Israel Adesanya. You know, better fucking get him now. Neil Magny and everybody else better get him now. I
0: agree. He called out Neil Magny. I was like, ooh, that is a tough test for him, but... I like, you know, Neil's my guy. training with Neil. So, Neil, hopefully, he's not watching the show, but that's huh. a top form, man. You know, this Gary kid is the real deal, man. I'm all in. When I get all in on guys, I am the biggest dick rider, man. I'll buy his merch. <laughs>
2: I, you know, I'll be a little cage rat next, yelling his name and shit. Yeah. <laughs> it's funny you say that because I bought his merch yesterday on Instagram. Yeah. So, bro. And the thing is, I support the whole roster, right? There's this false narrative. That I support only Bilal Muhammad and nobody else. I try to support all the athletes, right? You know, I mean, I think I bought a cannabis grinder on Sugar Sean's website. You know, I try to spread, try to spread out the love. You, you know? have to, man.
0: You have to, but yeah, I'm all in on this kid. But yeah, the whole the whole night, I'll tell you what was interesting too is in the. I know I'm jumping around a little bit, but with the Anthony Smith, uh, Johnny Walker fight, obviously. Very tough night in the office for Anthony Smith. Um, the uh, and I love Anthony Smith, huge fan of Anthony Smith. The only reason I wanted Johnny Walker to win is because I wanted Johnny Walker Alex Pereira. That's what I. That's the, my my dream fight at light heavyweight. For whatever reason, I'm weird. I think it'd be such a fun fight. But I thought it was so interesting when Anthony Smith was losing. They picked up on the mic. He goes, "You came for my family," and I was like, "Oh, is this like one of those like flashbacks when he was getting robbed at the house? You know?" And because Johnny Walker's right. like what? He's like, you came for my family. So uh, the narrative online, especially on Twitter, is like, is he having like a PTSD type of situation? Because Johnny Walker's like, I never came for your family.
2: What are you talking about, man? Wow. Yeah. You're opening my mind right up on a Monday morning, if I'm being honest, because it did seem out of left field. Now, if you don't know the narrative coming in, Johnny Walker ended up in Omaha, Nebraska training with one of Anthony Smith's coaches or former coaches, and that seemed... Very much like a mind game, like Johnny Walker, right? It's sort of a weird backdrop to begin with, right? Brazilian guy trains in Ireland, met his wife there, and now he's an Omaha, Nebraska, training with one of Lionheart's coaches, weird. you know? But yeah. no, I don't think there's any family stuff going on. And um, hey, I mean, Anthony Smith is one of my dear friends. I think he's probably a future color commentator for the UFC, if I could go as far as to say that. But oh, he's um, great at it too.
0: He's some some really, really stuff. good at it. Yeah. And that, and that again, this, this is, you know, I'm out of the game, man. I, you know, I, I tell dick jokes for a living. I'm just saying, I thought it was very, you know, where he's like, you he came from my family. I was like, oh, is this like one of those, like, is that what he needs to get go to get this motor going? Like, is he traumatized by the home invasion there? It could, could be completely off. And Anthony Smith, like, yeah, oh, job.
1: I was thinking about that incident. Uh, I remember when I was watching his fight, but a pretty crazy story. That guy just breaking. imagine, you know, someone at like 4 a.m., just (laughs) some dude screaming at the top of their lungs, uh, who's not supposed to be in your house. And you got your kids there. I mean, that's just insane. But, um, yeah, you know, for Anthony Smith, it seemed like he didn't really want to be there. Mm. And Johnny Walker seemed like he was hesitant to go out there and finish the job. It was kind of an odd fight. Uh, there and you know I think that's always going to be uh the question mark when you get a guy who is doing commentating or he's doing you know the fight analysis while he's fighting I obviously I did that uh people are gonna ask questions like is this what he wants to do is he halfway in halfway out um and for Anthony Smith, I don't know the last few fights I don't know if it's directly related to him doing work TV work but just looking from the outside in um and, and being honest, I, I don't know. I, it didn't seem like he wanted to be there that night. I don't know. Something definitely yeah, seemed to be agreed. off, and it just wasn't that fight. But because one thing about
0: Anthony Smith, he's
1: a dog, man. You know, that guy came tough. up in,
0: in the regional circuit like I did. Like, I've known about Anthony for a long time. Anthony is yeah. a dog through and through so a lot of fights. yeah when I see that yeah I agree did you have similar feelings Kenny when you knew you had a kind of a path so you kind of you're not one foot you know you're kind of one foot in one foot out because you know you're gonna have a career doing this thing yet you're still competing at right. the highest level
1: I did not I, I never really had that um I knew that like hey when I'm done I'm gonna be done I, I had no problem calling it quits and when my body kind of gave out my back was just kind of repeatedly giving out on me I'm like all right I'm done but when i was fighting you know i i would take time off i would always take like at least a month off away from doing tv stuff and and i'd always get my training in when i was working and traveling but um i don't know it, maybe i wasn't working as much as some of these guys too so
0: you look at don mcgrew's schedule you know i just had him on uh Calibats fight campaign and he was telling me how he's like i'm you know i'm st- I'm not retired, man. I have no plans to. He's like, I'm still doing the works. He's like, so not only, you know, he worked Charlotte with you, uh, John, but he was like, you know, I'm training six days a week still. So I have to manage the schedule. And then I'm also trying to put in the work for the broadcast. I'm like, geez, dude, to compete at that level. And the, the demands that it takes, you guys know better than
2: anybody. It's, it's not easy, man. Yeah. When Dominic has a fight, he will, uh, shut it all down for probably eight to 10 weeks. And I think for Anthony Smith, there's A lot of layers to this, right? It just crossed the one-year anniversary of his mother's passing, and Mm. he didn't effectively mourn that early on. I think now he did. There was a dust-up with Mark Montoya back in the day. They have since buried the hatchet. They are realigned. There's a lot of traveling when it comes to his training, and then Mm. he goes home to the four daughters. Just a lot of back and forth and a lot of asking of himself, I think, mentally and emotionally and physically. So, uh, you know— I do believe that uh, sometimes guys just think they can do it all, and uh, sometimes you just don't sort of give enough credit to the mental and how much it can weigh on you. But, um, you know, I do think the story is Johnny Walker. I know a lot of people are critical of the performance. Sometimes we hear guys talk about like being focused on getting 15 minutes in, and it's sort of a weird mentality that they're focused on trying to get those 15 minutes with the, against a top five guy. Because Johnny Walker got to be careful, right? Like my scorecard had a 1-1 going into the third. Now that might be the minority, but I actually thought Anthony Smith with some of those right hands won round two. So mm-hmm. I understand Johnny Walker won this fight and I, I did have him winning this fight. You can argue that he won round two. Got to be careful dicking around in there with all due respect.
0: Yeah, I think for Johnny Walker too, the narrative, you know, maybe a little bit of cardio issue issues early on. The career didn't go exactly as planned. Now it's kind of coming to fruition he had what he thought the fight in the in the bag, which I kind of agree with him, with the leg kicks and the overall damage, especially almost yeah. finished in the third. So I think he was just kind of weighing the pros and cons. And then also, you know, Anthony Smith is a staple of the the division, especially in the the top five for how long? I mean, the guy's a damn monster. So I think for Johnny Walker, he's like, we got this one, man. We've done right. enough work. He, I think he could have got him out of there. You saw that jumping knee, that kind of rock Anthony. There's some times there we could have got him out, but – Uh, I'm not mad at it. You know, obviously the fans are, I'm sure, you know, some of the UFC brass probably want to see him get the finish, but for his progression, I, and I agree with him when you're going in there and you're starching the dude in the first round, or maybe the second round, you're not learning a lot about your training, your training camp where you're at mentally. So for Johnny Walker, I think it was something he needed for himself in order to move on. Cause now he's going to be ranked probably what was, what was he six? So I think he'll probably get in the top four, maybe top five. So that's like, it's only tougher from here, man. Those guys are tough to get out of there too. So when I see that, I'm like, oh, he's he's maturing. It's a good thing. He's doing the opposite of what John Morant's doing. He's maturing he's not going on ig live with guns and playing grab ass
2: no and kenny i'll throw it to you i mean in our fighter meeting the word that i kept coming back to with johnny walker was maturity it came out of his mouth so that Mm -hmm. absolutely dovetails with what you are saying you know uh and i'm not even suggesting that in the past you know we've talked about Piotr yan maybe playing with his food i i don't think it was that you know uh and i do think that johnny walker he's not asking for a title fight right so i do think that it's valuable experience and um you know, we'll see where Anthony Smith goes from here. Looked like he took off his gloves, Kenny, but I think he'll be yeah. spite one more time. Might even have a new contract, if I'm not mistaken. So uh, I think you'll you'll hear from Lionheart at least one more time, if not two.
0: I also think it's respect from Johnny Walker to Anthony Smith. That's how dangerous Anthony Smith is. He's like, nah, man, I've seen this dude. Yeah. He, has yeah. a- he was head
1: hunting. He was throwing that overhand right repeatedly. And Johnny Walker keeps that head pretty high. So, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I think all those points are valid for sure. They're fair. And you,
0: you know there's uh maturity when he didn't do the worm and blow his shoulder out. He did that weird fish thing where his yeah, coach was, yeah. like, reeling him in, which right. I love fish, right. so I dug it. Uh, he got a lot right. of hate on the internet for it, yeah. but I actually enjoyed the, the celebration.
2: My favorite celebration of all time, Israel Adesanya's UFC debut when he pissed on the side of the octagon. <laughs> absolutely brilliant. 100%. Fantastic. <laughs> Fantastic. Marking Fantastic. his
0: territory. Uh, then with uh, the, we get off Charlotte after this. Then when the main event, you know – you look at Almeida there, the, the guy's the real deal, huh? I mean his opening shot seemed a little desperate and he got, you know, with uh, Biggie Boy there, he got kind of rejected with that, but eventually he got the the fight to the mat and it was only a matter of time. Beautiful jiu-jitsu. You know, I you know, I don't think uh is uh he's probably a three stripe white belt down there, but still he, you know, he it, with Almeida he, he was smart, man. He's smart with it, set it up, another finish. I'm I'm not fully sold on him like mean Gary yet. I'd like to see how he does in the striking department against some, you know, some guys when he can't get that takedown. Before I, you know, say he's going to beat John Jones, you know, and stuff like that.
2: But the guy's a savage, that's for sure. First team all body as well. Yeah, Kenny. I mean, Jack. there aren't a lot of points of comparison when it comes to offensive jiu-jitsu and the 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 history of heavyweights in mixed martial arts, and we're not even talking about Fabricio Verdum or Frank Mir or some of these elite elite guys, Noguera, right? This dude is a little bit of a different breed. He can strike two. He hasn't even had to show anybody that. Um, yeah, maybe a little bit undersized. Uh, but, man, he knows how to get to where he wants to get to and get guys out of there. I, I, I'm not so sure that uh, he's not going to expedite this process here. What did he weigh in at before
0: you go, Kenny?
1: What, what did he weigh in at?
0: He was light.
1: He was light. Now is he going to stick with heavyweight or is he going to go back and forth? Uh, I mean, the dude is a physical specimen, man. Really? He well, could have been a professional bodybuilder. for boy is I mean, yeah. heavyweight,
2: <laughs> heavyweight's like as deep as like a splash pool, right? So I think he should stay. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. No, <laughs> but no, yeah, that's I think a good point. he's right there already. Yeah. He's already right there in the top, you know, eight probably. So.
1: Rosenstreich looked like a refrigerator, though he was big. I mean, he was wide. I mean, that didn't was. He put kind of I've seen him, but- yeah, didn't he on weight too?
0: Yeah, didn't Rosenstreich put on some weight? Like, to, did they say twenty pounds?
2: Yeah. So it's an interesting narrative because if you do go back and look at his UFC debut against Junior Baby Albini, remember the guy who wore the diaper? The diaper one yeah, yeah. So, uh He weighed 241 and a half and he looked thin, right? Like yeah. his face was thinner than mine back then, right? So now 265, cutting down to the limit. Most Damn. of that is muscle. In this match, no. I'm, n- I'm not sure that's particularly useful, but no, I mean, I don't know. He looks pretty strong to me, but yeah, <laughs> 25 pounds since the, uh, since the debut. Wow.
0: Yeah. I could just yeah, be Alme- like, age too. You know, sometimes you, the, the the weight just comes, man. You know, it's like, it's yeah. Tough. Like
1: Almeida tried to hit a double leg at one point, like literally bounced off of the two. <laughs> he was yeah. just like bounced back. He's like, all yeah. right, let me reset. Uh, but then once he, once he got him on the ground, man, he was just dominant, excellent control, moved into the mount seamlessly. And, uh, yeah, the fight was, was over pretty much shortly after that. So he's looking good, man. He really is. I, and I think, you know to brendan's point i'd like to see him get a little more comfortable on the feet yes. uh, and obviously you don't want to trade with someone like rosenstrike for too long but um you know he maybe a little panicky out there and, and again that's going to come from experience right he hasn't been in the ufc for a whole for a long time. so But I think with fights, uh, with more fights, with more octagon time, we're going to see that comfort level and, uh, and maybe see more of his striking kind of come out and, and his overall mixed martial arts game. But uh, no question the dude's got some serious potential. But also his first main
0: event too. His first main event, so there right, could have been a little bit right. of panic there. It's Rosenstruck who's a Absolutely. knockout artist. I'm just saying when I, when I look at the lay of the land there, you look at Sergei Pavlovich and you're like, that takedown ain't going to get done there, Bubba. That, that's not going to do it. Now, I don't know how his chain wrestling, how his single right, leg is. Right. You know, in heavyweight, that's super important. So yeah. we'll see. But, you know, the kid has uh, a ton of potential. ton of potential.
2: Well, right? you put forth a performance like that, and I do hear a lot of people saying, oh, Sergey Pavlovich is going to knock his head off. And, yeah, that sometimes happens, I think, in the fight game is – you see this guy emerge and it's like well wait a second look what Sergey Pavlovich did to Curtis Blades who to me is the one of the greatest fighters in UFC history to have never fought for a title right. in any division but look at like Jairton Almeida against Curtis Blade like He's going to approach this career, I would think Almeida is, as a spe- specialist, trying to take everybody down, chain them together, uh, like, desperately trying to get this to a grappling situation because he can put people away. You know, I remember, I'm remember i a broken record when it comes to this, but offensive jiu-jitsu is just a lost art. Like, Daniel Cormier went to Ken Flo back in the day at Fox, like, tell me how to, like, have a real good signature rear naked choke that I can always execute in the octagon, among other things that he went to Kenny about, but, like... Dude, it's like there's so many of these guys, right? Even guys who I hold in the highest regard like Kamar Usman, Bilal Muhammad, like they get you down all day. They don't necessarily have a signature choke or the means by which to get to a mount or a back to to put you the fuck away.
0: Yeah, my, my only kind of hiccup there with Almeida, it's like, you know, he goes, you know, you look at these guys that are so successful just being specialists from grappling. In his list, he you know, he listed Khabib, obviously, and some, some other huge names. Those guys have a background, extensive background in straight up wrestling. There's not a lot of pure jiu-jitsu guys that get to the top, if that makes sense. You you that's would, fair. You know, as far as like straight jiu-jitsu where you don't have an extensive wrestling background to get the guys to right. the mat, you know, there's a difference between a guy like Khabib or a guy like Ben Askren or DC who they're going to get you to the mat whether you like it or not. You know, John Jones if he wants to. Those guys, it's just a different level that they're coming from, opposed to Almeida with that pure jiu-jitsu, with a lot of the gi, the trip stuff like that. It's tough to pull off at a high level in MMA. Kenny, do you hate that or yeah,
1: yeah No, I, I think I think the focus is different, right? I, first of all, obviously, jiu-jitsu guys aren't necessarily known for um, crisp and efficient takedowns, um, and a lot of guys, you know, they'll they'll look for ways um, to kind of, you know, maybe sweep or get on top, and they, and they. I think transitioning from the sport of jujitsu is so different for these guys. They, they haven't come from that aspect of this is a fight. I'm going to use my strikes to set up submissions. I think, th- I think you're right, though. When you're talking about guys who can finish from that top position, there's, there's Damian Maya. Um, and, and, and he, he could do that because he worked heavily on his wrestling. But as far as other jujitsu guys that are just so dominant, you have uh, Oliveira, but. I mean, maybe that's it. And there's, you know, some high-level jiu-jitsu guys walking around in the UFC. But you know, Ryan Hall is great. But he he'll do it mostly off of his back and you know transitions. Um, I I think we'll see that from him when he does get on top. But, um, as far as guys who have shown it time and time again, Damian Maya and Charles Oliveira, kind of the only guys that come to mind. So I agree with John that it is a dying art and, um, what they need to do is start to get together and work on their wrestling, uh, get together with the wrestlers and learn what they're doing. And wrestlers need to get together with the jutsu guys and, and, uh, figure out what's going on on the ground. But, um, we're, we're just not seeing that. If I'm
0: Almeida, I'm bunking up with Bo Nickel. I'm moving to uh, Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. And
2: I'm bunking up with Bo Nickel. Yeah. That's what I'm going to do. For yeah. sure. I guess I just feel like Tarzino strike, however green and white he is in the Jitsu realm, spends nine weeks trying to avoid this very fate of being finished by the 6-1 to favorite in round one. And sure as shit. Jailton Almeida goes out and finishes him in round one. Congrats. And I do think in some respects it is easier said than done. So I'm curious, right? Uh, and I also think, too, you know, we're now five fights deep, five fighter meetings deep with this guy. We see the maturity. Uh, and it really, I think, through interpretation can translate in that setting. You realize how thoughtful he is. So, yeah, I mean, I'm a promoter, but I'm very excited.
0: Yeah, I'm excited regardless. Yeah, I think the sky's the limit for him. A few small changes, just that heavyweight division, those top dogs, a lot, lot, of, lot of wrestling up there that he has to get by, especially with Pavlich, you know, and Curtis Blades. Um, you know, him, him versus, um, him versus some, some of the other guys, uh, Cyril gone would be interesting, you know, stuff like that. But, um, you know, moving on, obviously super dear to you guys, uh, our boy, Bilal Muhammad, who I can't, you know, one of the greatest guys walking this earth, got the job done against Gilbert Burns. You know, the, the thing that bothers me about the narrative is, oh, Gilbert was hurt. It's like, well, Bilal has nothing to do with that. So I think he's the most underappreciated guy we have in the UFC, and even, you know, I think even if, if he went in there and got a 30-second knockout, he still wouldn't have got his credit, you know? Him and Al Jermaine Sterling are the most disrespected guys in the UFC, which I don't understand, because they're two of the greatest guys you'll ever meet, you know? They're just solid people. So with Belil, it's like, you know, I don't think regardless how that fight went, he was going to get the title shot. You know Dana's pretty stuck on uh, Kobe and Leon. So for Muhammad, you, you think he gets probably one more in before he actually gets that title shot, or he's just going to he's gonna chill?
2: He's going to be the alternate for that fight? No, I don't know if he'll be the backup, but uh, he certainly will fight for the title next. There will be no title eliminator. And uh, obviously, this is close to me. And Kenny, if you don't know, he has a show on our Anakin Florian Podcast YouTube channel. But before I spin it over to Ken Flo... He knew that he was not going to be offered a title eliminator unless it was in a circumstance like this on short notice, right? It seemed like maybe the foundation was going to be laid for him to fight Shavkat Rachmanov, and only if he beat him would he get a fight like a Gilbert Burns fight. So he had to take the Gilbert Burns fight. He took it. He went a little bit too full throttle, injured his ankle, fought through all of that, and uh, just as mentally forged as Gilbert Burns or anybody else, right? I mean, we got mad love for Doreenio, of course, but... uh, yeah, I mean, Bilal knew that he had to take this fight to to set up a title fight, and yeah, he'll sit for 18 months if he has to. Good for him.
1: Yeah, you know, Bilal's one of those guys, you know, I've talked about this on the podcast, and, and maybe I could relate to a little bit where guys are like, you know, there's nothing that stands out on, on this guy. There's nothing that wows you, but man, he knows how to put it all together. Um, and, and what's really interesting about Bilal, he's also kind of a chameleon in that he can beat you in a lot of different ways. Um, you know, he may not be that crazy finisher, but, uh, he knows how to win rounds and he, and he can do it in a variety of ways. And I think that's what makes him such a tough out for a lot of people. Gilbert Burns had a lot of momentum heading his way, but I think when they got inside the octagon, even I was a little surprised at how much bigger Bilal looked, and considering all the outside circumstances that Ball had to deal with, you know, the injured ankle, taking the fight on short notice, coming off of Ramadan, all those things, and still seeing him perform that way like he did a five-round camp for months um, was pretty mind-bending, man. It, it was really, really impressive. And obviously, you know, proved that he's the next guy to get the shot and um, absolutely deserved it. I agree 100%. I, I think, too, with Muhammad, it's,
0: <clears throat> to me he checks all boxes right we both i mean obviously john and ken you guys are interviewing fighters all the time you're watching all the fights you know i have a lot of fighters come through here with muhammad it's like well this guy checks every box man he, he's well-spoken educated guy you know his his immigrant mentality his family that started in chicago and owned a business and just the way he came up he to me he checks all boxes i guess if i'm you know let's say i was a, a promoter i guess the one kind of hiccup would be he, he's not known as a finisher. Obviously, the Sean Brady was a, a big finish right. for him, but
1: outside that, that would really be the only kind uh, of. He doesn't talk con. shit. Yeah, he doesn't talk shit. That's the other thing, right? And and he shouldn't because that's not his style. That's not what he does. He's being authentic to himself. But I think that's the other thing. You know, he's not out there. You know, being flashy and 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 doing a bunch of interviews outside of camps. You know, he's doing all of his work behind closed doors. I think, and I think that's uh, can be a hindrance to him a- at times as well. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he's, he's not out, uh, act the fool and, and, um, you know, for better or worse. And, and I think, uh, that, that hurts him a little bit, maybe marketing wise.
0: Yeah. I think Dominic Cruz said it best. You know, I, I said, how do you feel with, you know, obviously see the UFC's merged with the under the same banner as WWE and guys that do talk trash and do all these flashy things might, you know, get, get to the title shot faster, get more fame, faster, more Instagram followers, faster. And, you know, he, Dominic said it great. He goes, you know, if that's what the company's asking, and you can see that guys do that, you know, maybe they don't have to go through the same kind of uh, as many fights to get a title shot. The road's different. He's like, so you can do that if you want, and you know it's going to help you out. And if you choose not to, that's fine, but you're just going to have a tougher road. And for Muhammad, right. just has a tougher road. You look at certain guys, they just have a different road, man. So, yeah, you can do it, and maybe you might you know, get a title shot faster, but for Muhammad, he's like, no, I'm just going to be true to myself, but, boy, it's it's going to be a tough road. But when you do get that title shot, there's not a person on this earth who can argue that Muhammad didn't earn every single
2: right, right. to fight for a title. But you, you're right. I mean, you did not bury the lead. The chief knock on him is that he hasn't put a ton of people away, right? And the only other thing I really see is that he doesn't necessarily have the the fan support of certain people, right? Like, obviously, him and Aljamain Sterling got a pretty good in Newark, and there's a big Brazilian population in New Jersey. So perhaps that clouded things a little bit, right? But correct me if I'm wrong, fellas. Like, it's good when the fan base really likes you, right? And that is reflected in the internal metrics, right? Like, for all of the people who think Cejudo is just so cringeworthy, you know? Kids got a fan base, you yes. know, yeah. and Bilal's got a fan base too. Don't get me wrong, you know, but if Bilal's walking out in Newark, the way, like Gilbert Burns is a fan favorite. Like, you don't think that helps him with Hunter and Daner? Like, I think it really does.
0: Agree, yeah. but also, you you know, f- for a lot of times, you either want the fan base to love you or hate you. When they're in the middle, right. it's tough. Right. right? You know, you look at Kobe right. Covington, which I'm right. sure he has a good-sized fan base who actually love him. Yeah. There's a lot more people that hate him. Either way, it's a Floyd Mayweather effect. As right. long as
2: they're tuning in, that's all you care about.
0: Yeah, right. No, I
2: think that's true. You know, I think Kenny needs more haters, right?
0: <laughs> you don't want that, Kenny. Trust me, man. It's heavy lies the crown, dude. I got my <laughs> fair share, and it's exhausting. Huh. Yeah, it is right. exhausting, yeah. dude.
2: But no, you- I mean, I think I think a lot of us extract opinions on both sides, and uh, you just kind of take it for what it is, you know.
0: But you you look at that welterweight division. Obviously, Leon, Leon Edwards and Kobe Compton are fighting. You know, Hamzat and Kamar Usman, I mean, it sounds like it's pretty much done. I don't know if you guys have any inside info on that, but it sounds like it's pretty much done. Someone signed a contract, and once I, uh, he he put that little smirky face on Twitter, I'm like, oh, that's as good as gold. This fight's happening.
1: Wait, but uh, John, is, is, is the Colby Leon Edwards set in stone? I don't know if Leon... It doesn't have a
2: date, right? I think yeah. the only thing that could get in the way of that is if for some reason... And I do not believe this to be true, that Colby Covington somehow wouldn't be ready by, say, October, right? I think Leon has made it publicly clear that he wants Abu Dhabi. And I will say... If ever there were a market in which Bilal Muhammad can help you pay-per-view and otherwise, it is Abu Dhabi. So maybe there would be an inside lane there for Bilal if somehow there was a circumstance where Colby wanted to maybe be paid to sit aside, right? But no, it's going to be Colby Covington and Leon, but Dana White has publicly said, maybe on Jim Rome's show, that he didn't love a catchway between Kamzat Shimaev and Kamaru Usman. and. I understand why, because it does make things a little bit cloudy, right? Is Hamzak going to be a welterweight contender now? All of a sudden, we were told he was leaving welterweight for good. He's still number four in the world, right? So I don't know. I don't need the water to be any murkier. There are plenty of guys worthy of a championship opportunity already at 70. But yes, that's a huge fight. And if it's like a middleweight eliminator, then great. It has to be at middleweight.
0: Those catchweights do nothing. It just holds up the divisions. Like you said, it gets murky. But the balls in Kamaru Usman to go, I'll fight Hamzat at middleweight. Yeah, 170, it's a tough test, man. I mean, again, I'm a dick, right? I'm all in on Hamzat. That guy scares the shit out of me. Super hairy, Uh just a complete monster, right? So at 85, Uh though, dude, who beats Hamzat at 85? then Kamaru Usman, this is what kind of champion he is. He goes, no, I'll fight him. like, yeah, but Hamzat at 70 is a nightmare, man. He doesn't want to cut the weight. He goes, oh, no, I'll fight him at 85. It's like, what? So much respect for Kamala. Pretty Kamara. badass. I couldn't think of a worse matchup for him. It's a tough night in the office, man. Because
2: can't he can't get fights, man. That's how scary this dude is. There really aren't that many fights that you can give Hamza Chimaev. It has to be a top guy. I mean, for me, I would argue the dream matchup is Robert Whitaker and Hamza Chimaev. And really? perhaps that ship has sailed, at least for now. Izzy obviously would give tremendous issues to Hamza Chimaev, but, uh, yeah, man, I'm just really getting impatient. I want to see Hamza in a championship setting.
1: D- Dana said something about. Uh, Hamzat has had opportunities, and it's been on him that he's not taking some of these fights. Is that is that accurate? What what's going on on that? So when we were in Abu Dhabi,
2: Andreas Michael, his head coach, essentially came out, and this is a couple of years ago now. Okay. I mean, my brain's a little bit cloudy as to the dates, but in 2021, this guy was on a definite welterweight path. Sure, And so I think that's probably what Dana is referencing, that there have been opportunities for this guy, right? He was thrice booked against Leon Edwards. I mean, it's not all that long ago. He's still yeah. ranked at 70. His last fight, right, wasn't all that long ago. And I believe it was contracted for 70, even though he weighed more than that, you know? Yeah, so, right. but I don't know. I mean, let's go already, right? It's like, he's one of the best in the world. It's just weird to just be losing big chunks of your prime. Cause I thought they're going to do
0: uh Camaro paulo costa i'm sorry hamzat paulo costa at 85 i thought that was right. pretty much done. yeah 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 that's what i heard and then now that's what about, i thought yeah i just want to see him fight i'm with you anik there's a few guys like i can't wait to see oxpear at uh light heavyweight i think yeah. oh my that dude you look at the matchups my god it's so huh. exciting i can't yeah. wait for him at 205 yeah
2: savage I am. I'm. I think I'm most excited, perhaps a recency bias, to just see what happens with Ian Gary because, uh, man, it's like he's not even cocky, right? You talk about being misunderstood. Like the kid's not even cocky. He's really just confident, correct? Right? Yeah. Uh, and it's uncanny. I mean, the depth to this kid, right? Like I'm stirring <clears throat> the show up, shop show back to Ian Gary, right? Like I'm just. I'm blown away by this kid. I was a fucking idiot when I was 27. Look at this kid at 25 years old. <laughs> oh, I know. Insane to me.
0: But there's nothing, especially when with what we do, to me there's nothing better in professional sports. Name any major sports league. There's nothing better than mixed martial arts, especially in the UFC, when you have a young kid and his, you see him go through all these levels, all these tests. There's nothing. When Conor was coming up, what a ride, man. So I, when I see that Ian Garrett, I'm like, oh, please give us that special moment. It's so fun, dude. It's nothing's better.
2: And we talk a lot about Izzy's frame at eighty-five. When I'm handicapping a fight between Robert Whittaker and Israel Adesanya, I begin the handicap with the size, right? And Whittaker may get him if they meet a third time, but man, better begin your handicap with the size. And Ian Gary's frame at welterweight, my goodness, man, my goodness. Yeah,
0: I'm 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 complete. I'm all in. I'm absolutely all in uh, for the next um, kind of big pay per view. Now, my favorite pay-per-view, right, was at UFC 289 in, uh, in Canada. Usually, they stack the Canada card. For whatever reason, this one, you know, I'll, obviously, I'm a degenerate. I'll pay. To, it could cost $300 yeah. I pay for them. Yeah. But, yeah. um, you know, not, it's not going to knock your socks off. It is what it is. But in the yeah. co-main event, that's the, you know, that is the, the marquee f- matchup on this with Charles Oliveira, uh, oh, yeah. Dariush, Benil Darius. And you look at Darius is kind of one of those guys who did it the hard way. You know, the, the, I think did it the right way, but also did it the hard way. Where doesn't talk trash, chalks everything up to Jesus Christ, right? And just gets these wins, and then here he is in the title eliminator with Charles Oliveira.
2: I cannot wait for that fight. Yeah, Kempflo would pay ninety nine ninety nine just for that fight.
1: So. Oh, if <laughs> there was that. just the I one fight, fight, I would
0: pay for it. Yeah, that, <laughs> yeah.
1: I love that fight, and I think a lot of people might be sleeping on Darush in that one. I, I think Daryush has improved a ton. He blew me away with his wrestling against Gamrot. Mataush, uh, Gamrot. Uh, I did not expect that level of wrestling. He was shutting that down repeatedly. If it did go to the ground, he was getting back to his feet. Um, he has improved his striking. He's gone from being a big power puncher and being reckless to being a big power puncher and being way more defensively sound. Uh, and I think that's an extremely interesting fight and one that Darius uh, could definitely pull off. Uh, for Oliveira. he's you know, he needs this one in some ways, you know, um he obviously wants to get back to the top. Uh he has so many offensive weapons. I think defensively he does have some vulnerabilities and I'm curious to see if Dariush can uh, poke and prod and and find uh find a way to take him out. Yeah, I have Dariush winning that fight. I
0: I picked Darius, yeah. He's good, dude. Yeah.
2: Yeah, I I love Charles Oliveira. I feel like my entire sort of UFC career has been happened while his has and i just can't get back to the main event against max holloway in saskatoon where everybody's questioning his heart and to see him then rise and Insane. change his life and yeah. have financial freedom but yeah man benny dar you should uh you know, I hope he doesn't take issue with us perpetually calling him fucking Benny Dayush, you know? But yeah, I mean, at this point, it's like you win this fight, you need to sit down for however long and fight for the championship for your fan base, right? I agree. Bilal, Benil Daryush, for your fan base, like at some point, you just need to reward them with the title fight. And candidly, like, I'm forever linked to Leon Edwards. So if he ends up fighting Bilal, it's like my heart's not really necessarily invented. But for Bilal Muhammad's haters, like, you already fucking lost. Because he got to the title fight. Correct. So you lost. Yep. It doesn't even matter what happens in the fight. And Bilal would roll his eyes if he heard me say that. Doesn't even matter if Leon beats him, right? Doesn't even fucking matter. He got the title. If you're Bala Muhammad hater, you already lost. Yep.
1: Yeah. Lost. For sure.
0: <clears throat> yeah, I don't know how you can hate on the guy. Kenny, this next question is probably more in your direction because you're involved with P- PFL. You're the head commentator of yep. PFL. Francis Ngannou, I assume, announces, Is it? did he say he's going to announce this week?
1: It, all signs are pointing that he's going to sign with you guys. It, it's, it's very possible. I, I don't have the inside track on that. I do what? know. Kenny, uh, I I, Kenny, I know. I'm sorry. I'm Kenny. sorry. I can't break news right now. Uh, but I, I know that there is some announcement um planned soon. So I don't know exactly when it's coming, but I, I was literally – I've been asked this for the last couple of days. Is is this Francis? Is Francis going to come? I don't know for sure, but uh, I I figured we were in the running. uh, One of the leading candidates. I think it would be huge for them. Uh, Obviously bringing Francis over uh, would be massive. So let's see if we can pull it off, man. Yeah. And the, the narrative
0: on Francis is, you know, people are upset the way the fan base and, you know, analysts and YouTubers are critiquing the way he's dealt with this free agency and leaving the UFC. And I, it's, not even, it's not even a Francis, it's not a personal attack on Francis. I just feel like, you know, you look at Nate leaves, he gets a fight announcement pretty soon, fighting Jake. So it's just like this long, drawn-out thing. It's like out of sight, out of mind. I think that's where the criticism comes from. And then you also were hoping for a big fight announcement because I thought, no knock on PFL, Kenny. You know, I, I love yep. you. But yeah, yeah. Uh, also it's like, I thought the only reason to leave the UFC, you guys know I'm diehard UFC. is in my blood, man. I absolutely love the UFC. But for him to leave the biggest organization in the world with the best marketing machine in the world to leave, the only reason you would leave is that, that golden egg of a Deontay Wilder, Anthony Joshua, Fury fight is going to happen. And we haven't seen that. So to me, it's almost, if you're going to leave the UFC, it has to be the only way to... Kind of improve your status would be getting that major boxing fight. It doesn't sound like that's going to happen. So to leave the UFC to go to another MMA organization, it just doesn't sit right with me. It just doesn't, care. yeah. Because my argument I, before you answer, Kenny, my, yeah. my if I'm his manager, I'd go, who are you going to fight in PFL?
1: Right. Well, I, I mean, I, I'd say this. Obviously, you have John Jones there, right? But after John Jones, who is he going to fight? You know, both both divisions. Um, you know, both the heavyweight divisions across the board aren't the strongest right now um but I think one thing you you're probably forgetting uh about is that you know for for Francis, I think a lot of it has to do with respect and there are a lot of um you know it, it is complicated with with Francis you know it's like oh he wants to he's coming off a knee injury uh you know he wants this boxing fight. but I think the other thing that people are kind of forgetting about is that you know I, I think he has a history with the UFC where he has butted heads, his management, the UFC. And I think it, uh, at this point is kind of, uh, about respect a little bit. Mm. Um, and, and maybe he's being stubborn, right? Cause obviously, you know, you have the UFC, which is the biggest mixed martial arts organization in the world. Um, and you, as a fighter, you want to prove yourself against the best in the world. Um, but for Francis, I don't know, you know, he's, he's a guy that kind of marches to the beat of his own drum and, uh, he does things differently, clearly, clearly. And, um, I don't know. I maybe the UFC dropped the ball on that one. I I, I don't know, but um, we'll we'll, we'll see what happens, man. Uh,
2: you are right about the respect, though, Kenny. And it's not just respect for himself that he's fighting for. And some people have suggested this is sort of a weird hill on which to die, as he's looking for clauses that maybe will in the future help affect things as far as respect for fighters, right? I mean, it's hugely problematic as an MMA fan to think that 25 years from now, the number 10 lightweight in the world is not going to be making a million bucks to show, you know? But it kind of is what it is, right? And it's very hard to affect change when it comes to collective bargaining agreements and fighter pay and things like that. And Brendan and I have, over the years, gotten into a lot of debates on fighter pay, you know? Um, But I do think part of the issue has been he's tried to fight for these things, and promotionally it becomes a little bit difficult you know to sort of uh accept these type of demands but yes i mean i do hope that he realizes that that big payday and hopefully his bank account is is pretty fat to begin with but uh i do think that there's always ufc heavyweight contenders that emerge in the ufc but i'm not sure i'm not so sure b that that ship hasn't sailed
0: i agree i agree i think he could, he could come back to the ufc i think with francis too if you're going to make a change you know that'd be like a, a stud quarterback in the nfl Going to, again, it's, no, it's not a knock on PFL, Kenny. I know, you know, I, I respect yeah, PFL. Yeah, sure, sure, sure. I'm just saying that this is very evident here where it's like, let's say Lamar Jackson want to make a change for quarterbacks in the NFL and then goes to the Canadian Football League and is demanding these changes. Okay. Right. You know, it's right. like, okay, you know, you got to right, be in right. the biggest promotion in the right. world in order to make a change. Because if the UFC is not making
1: a change, who gives a shit? Yeah, it's a double-edged sword, right? Because, you know, you also have to battle the biggest machine in the world as well. So it's, it's, it's tough. I I agree with you on some of those things, but it also, it is, it is extremely difficult to affect change because they're the UFC. I mean, they're, they're the Kleenex of, of, uh, of tissue, right? So it's like, um, they are the machine. They are the biggest name. It's why Dana is so well known, you know, in many ways he's known than more known than the majority of the fighters. He walked in, in Charlotte and it was like, uh, I don't know. It was like the Beatles walking in. It was like Donald in, Trump know? walking I, in. More in than Florida? any fighter. I mean, yeah. Jamal Hill, no one really knew who he was. Um, you know, <laughs> Al- Jermaine Sterling, no one was... Kind of, he came in and everyone looked and everyone was trying to get to him. And everyone was trying to get out of their seats to get to him. Um, this is by design, you know. Um, and, and Dana, of course, is a very charismatic personality, probably deserves a lot of that. But um, I, I think... You have this guy who's running the organization, similar to Vince McMahon, who is you know, one of the biggest, if not the biggest name in the organization more than the fighters. Is that right or wrong? I don't know. No, you're but right. But I think that it's,
0: it, it's, it's interesting that that's the case. Right? No, on any given card, the three most famous guys in the building are not inside that octagon. It's, it's Joe Rogan, Dana White, and John Annick none of these guys, you none of these guys, getting punched that. in the face.
1: <laughs> oh man! And they're the most yeah. famous guys in the arena. Yeah. Also, the three smartest guys in the arena. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> Correct. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. I don't want to say, it, Kenny. Correct. <laughs> yeah.
2: But it is sort of a tricky thing, and it even extends to broadcasting, right? Brian, Brendan, fucking Brian. Like it even extends to the broadcasting world, and not to go into too much detail, but like ESPN, right? Like the NFL doesn't tell ESPN and ABC who calls the fights. The UFC, the UFC tells ESPN who's calling the fights. Yeah, right. right UFC right. controls the live production. It even extends to uh, to TV. Love that.
1: And ESPN's pretty big. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah,
2: yeah, They're owned by mainly. Hey, I mean, ESPN could want. Hey, I mean that could be keeping me employed, right? I mean, who knows? ESPN could want somebody else calling the fights, right? It, I'm just saying, though. Like, even it the uniqueness of mixed martial arts, it, it extends to the television world as well. That's all.
0: No, I agree, and I I think there's, I have like I have how do I say I have like anxiety with the, the fights I want to see, you know, I talked about Alex Pierre at two Oh five homes out at 85 fighting, you know, for a big fight there, a title eliminator fight, hopefully. And then also the other one, you know, I'm a hardcore Dick writer when it comes to Conor McGregor as well with Connor, you want the Connor and you want the, you know, what the Michael Chandler fight to happen. It's depending how, you know, the ultimate fighter goes, um, you're talking to two tough alumni here, Anik, with me and Kenny. So I hope the ultimate fighter comes back and kind of gets that momentum. It's been a disaster for a hot second since season 10, I think, which is the yeah. biggest season of all time credit to, I like to say I get credit there, but it's probably Kimbo slice. Right. But with ultimate fighter, they're, they're, they're headed in the right direction with Connor and Michael Chandler. I just think depend, pen, Connor and the USADA testing. If we don't get that fight fairly soon after the finale, it's tough, man. So, uh, like I said, I have anxiety because I, I want a date on Connor. Give me something in cement th- in 2023 that he's going to fight.
2: No, I couldn't agree with you more. And it was sort of okay in February yes. when we heard about September. But now it's May, and we want to hear about a fight. And uh, maybe I can break some news. We're blowing it out for the Ultimate Fighter. I'm flying to Bristol for the first time in years, wow. in two days. Wow. To film this Ultimate Fighter launch party. Love it. We're blowing it out. I think we might even interview Eddie Alvarez, the Underground King, which is going to get me very starstruck because I haven't (laughs) talked to Eddie in years. But, no, I think anyone who's a fan of the Ultimate Fighter is really going to enjoy everything that comes with this season. It being on linear TV, but there's a huge but. It's like we need a date, bro. Like, I, I don't know. I think you laid it out perfectly. I have nothing to add
0: yeah I, I need a date i need something to know connor i, I, need, this year. I, I need something I need even if they're like yeah man it's gonna be march 2026 i'm like so you tell me there's a chance <laughs> right right you know like give me <laughs> right. something because with usada on no, the test i'm like is this actually gonna happen
2: i've said repeatedly that uh the the competition connor's looking for is not anywhere but the competition that could happen in the octagon so i'm cautiously optimistic that he fights fourth quarter but uh i'm getting impatient you know june 1st is two weeks away dang it is isn't it we're going it to is. summer summertime man that's right i think you should buy more fish for the summer you? <laughs> dude
0: i'm gonna go broke by these damn this <laughs> whole house is just
1: gonna be a fish tank <laughs> i don't even want to know the
0: annual allowance right oh dude don't get me started don't do not get me enough. started oh, oh, oh. this just popped in my mind kenny when we're talking about guys fighting the ufc then also doing analyst work i'll never forget when i was working with you at fox we we're doing some show you know whatever the, the the fox ufc show was there yeah and we're waiting for a valet and i'm uh-huh. i'm the biggest porsche fan you ever met <laughs> like, like, me and kenny love porsches that's our thing yes. And we're waiting, you know, at the time, I forget, I had just an okay car, like the basic 911, you know, I was trying to get my bearings underneath me and I put all my money into a, a, a used 911, which was like a huge goal for me. <laughs> and so I'm waiting for my car and this, and it just, they just came out, I don't know how many years ago, okay. it just came out, it was a Carrera GTS Targa yeah. Porsche, which was like my holy grail at the time, and pulls up and I look at, I go, Kenny, look at that a brand new target dude who's do you think that is and kenny's like what i go, look at that fucking car dude and kenny goes that's mine i go I, I i dude i went what he goes that's mine man i went
3: Gee,
0: wow I, that's wow man all right have a good day
1: and then here comes my was, busted 9 11 behind i like, oh, that's, that's mine I, I think it was the first one in la you uh, oh. know but but uh, dude yeah so it was you didn't really see him at the time uh, yeah, but here's the thing. I when, think about that Brendan once a week. A t- by, by the way, once Brendan a week has, that goes through my mind. Brendan has literally had the like, like the unicorns of cars. Like he's since then he's had a, a GT3 RS, a GT2 RS, a freaking he's got a Ferrari. I mean, he's got. I mean, how many Ferraris do you have at this point?
0: This dude's killing. Me. And it started with you, Kenny. Once I thought, like, <laughs> right. oh, it's I need to fault. step my game up,
2: dude. <laughs> I will but never I forget that. Shoot. I went out to shoot oh, food man. truck diaries, and he has. Some car that is p- painted the most beautiful dark green you've ever seen in your life. So, oh, yeah, he's still okay. got it,
0: He's got it. that's the GT2, Kenny. I it, it's oh I got it in God. green now, yeah. I will. I, love I think nasty. about that once a week. Once a week, when I make
2: oh, yeah, bad right. decisions, That's a great story, and <laughs> yeah. it is told with 100% veracity. There's no yeah. embellishment. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like
1: all, but all those cars are investments. He, you can make more off of those things now. You just have to be able to get one. And if once you get one, you'll probably sell it for more than what you. I'll bought. tell you
0: right now, it's a better investment than fish. I'm not getting a lot <laughs> yeah. of return on fish. <laughs>
1: exactly. Yeah. Exactly.
0: It's a complete nightmare. uh oh, Before no. we get out of here, fellas. You know, I was to my boy Tom, who you guys know, who, who books my show, and he, t- he told me a while ago that you guys moved over to DraftKings now. So the, the, is yes. the podcast clear for me, and we don't have to hear this, whatever you guys want to do, but uh, just from a business aspect, so now the, the, sh- is the show, is, is it kind of like similar to a Rogan Spotify deal, where it's only available on DraftKings? So DraftKings started their own
2: network? So the DraftKings YouTube channel and the DraftKings network are where our full video full length video episodes now reside clips of our show are still on the regular Anakin Florian podcast YouTube channel nothing changes on the audio side you know uh, but really this just allows us to align with i think what is a perfect partner for our show based upon the content and allows me to pay our staff right audio engineer and a producer and a handicapper the coach Ray Longo you know Kenflow's fucking expensive so we're very happy to have this deal and I uh i get it you know we uh we sort of at times have referred to our show as the little engine that could because we have focused for eight years on content and uh you know nice to finally uh you know have a deal that uh allows us to extend reach a different audience and go twice a week which was not the reality for the first seven and a half years of the show and uh as i said to pay ken Flo to get his wife up i mean back, yeah. the
0: little engine that could what are you guys talking about you guys one of the <laughs> staples in the freaking sport you know, oh, it's not like thanks, two guys man. we've never heard of. It's two brilliant guys <laughs> in the space, Hall of Famers, talking about right. fighting, man. I listen to the show all the time. That's why when right, I heard the like. DraftKings deal, I was like, oh, it's going to be off Apple now. But then, the you know, this morning I listened to it. No no issue. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. nothing Audio, changed.
2: Yeah, yeah, and uh, no, we're excited. I I went to Canflow in 2015, and uh, I'm very thankful that I did. You know, we were both on the West Coast. I was in Vegas, and he was in L.A. when we started the show, and uh, now we're both back east. But uh, I might move to Charlotte, North Carolina. I'm not even messing around, and then we'd be in studio together. So we'll shit, I might oh. I might too, man. I'm looking for let's things. go. L.A. is a
0: little shithole, so I might have to go. <laughs> water's great. <laughs> yeah, I might get out there, man. I might get out there, dudes. Um, with with Ray Longo, that whole team crushing it man i had when it's in that's one of the best parts about this gig is i meet so many people and some people you vibe with some you know they're great but you don't vibe with them but that mike favola the steamroller yeah we had him on before he fought uh a few times and we've text back and forth i just love that kid man i absolutely fucking love that kid i want the world for him you see him fight he's he's coming on the show he has his shirt off he's a redhead yeah matt what i say my I said Mike, my bad. Matt. Yeah. yeah absolutely love. <laughs> he's the team. man,
1: dude.
2: Yeah, he's oh, that yeah, whole team great family. That whole I mean, team, dude. Did yeah, I don't know if you know that Fravola's wife recently gave her father one of her kidneys. I mean, they're incredible. What? People. Yeah, dude. This girl. Um, I think her name's maybe Billie Jean. I shouldn't even have tried it, but she's yeah, she's I think thirty something, you know, early. 30s young girl his yeah. wife they just got married and uh yeah she just gave one of her kidneys to her dad but yeah we know the whole family sal the bulldozer for vola his father yeah. great group and nice to see them realize some uh some success because uh you know he's always been a really good fighter painted with a brush of a guy who just goes in there balls to the wall but uh he's top 15 now
0: yeah i told him in that drew dober fight uh, the it was Monday's fighting on that side i go i go matt i love you dude you gotta fight smart Drew Dobra, I've known for a hot second. We came up in the regional circuit together. That's not a guy you just want to trade with. I'm telling you, you got to be smart, man. He's like, nope. Ray tells me you're going to win this one with your mind. He went in there and did his thing, man. Yeah, he did. Yeah. And Longo can't walk anymore, but he can sure coach, can he? Man, can he coach. That whole team, man. You yeah. Know, with, with Marab, you got Sterling there. The whole squad, man, is just doing the damn thing. So shout out to them.
2: Yeah, I think there's a lot of different ways you can tap into an athlete's mind, and it's nice for me to see some of these coaches who, you know, because Ray, sometimes it's just about the mental, you know, and just having him sort of there, and uh, whatever you sort of need from him, you get from him, and, uh, you know, he's not holding mitts as much as he used to. That's why for the podcast, anything that he can do to make money when he's not, you know, giving of his body is a really good thing for him. I
0: mean, he's doing the merch, too. You guys have launched his merch
2: and stuff like that, so… Yep. yep. His stuff's guys. the best selling stuff. You know, he should probably put his name on the fucking show. That makes sense. <laughs> that makes sense. Well, fellas, nope. I
0: know you're busy. You got to do your podcast now. Yes. Yeah. Sir. We're going to tape our show in about three minutes and uh, off we go. Yeah. Well, I appreciate you guys. You know, I love the fuck out of both you gentlemen. So hey, man, and you start
2: looking at property in uh, North Carolina, hit your boy up, dude. <laughs> we'll get a two family home together and uh all i ask is that you come on our podcast and give us like 25 minutes in the next couple of weeks whatever you want man as long as you can deal with fish and your wife's cool with it i'll,
1: I'll move it <laughs> <up there.
2: laughs> Good, love
0: it all right fellas thanks for the time man talk soon Be sharp. thank See you guys. guys later fellas there you have it kenny florian john Anik. before we jump into current events this is the last read for you guys. All right. We're talking about On It. On If you missed their semi annual sale, you're probably pretty sad. Don't be too sad because you can still try Alpha Brain Save 10% off. We're talking about Alpha Brain, the best nootropic on the planet. They sold over a million bottles. I use the Alpha Brain Black label. It's the highly concentrated Alpha Brain. But if you're if you're not a vet like me with the Alpha Brain Nootropics, try just the regular Alpha Brain. You have no it's risk. No, no risk here because they get your money back guaranteed. You don't have to return the product. Keep the product. They return your money. If you don't lo- absolutely love... Alpha Brain, all right. It's the best nootropic. You can use Alpha Brain however you want. They have the regular Alpha Brain, all right? Or they have the Alpha Brain Black, they got Alpha Brain Instant, they have the shots. I love them all, but Alpha Brain Black, I swear by right now. Remember with the nootropics, you can remember names better, places, addresses, phone numbers, helps you with complex tasks, think more clearly under stress, react more quickly. Who can't use that? So if you've always wanted to try a nootropic, try Alpha Brain. They've sold over a million bottles, for God's sakes. I like the black label. It's super, super effective, all right? Also, on it, as you guys well know, they offer fitness equipment like Kettlebell Steel Club maces, sandbags, yoga mats. You need better nutrition. Try and get your diet right for the thick boy summer. It's not a UFC summer because UFC is a little light, right? It's a thick boy summer. So if you need to get that body right and you get that body popping like Almeida in the main event, you, they have MCT oil, protein powders, protein bars, Warrior Bars. We got it all. Creatine, fish oil, Alpha Brain. All right? You can save 10% off when you go to onnit.com shop. You receive 10% off all Alpha Brain products, all workout gear, fitness gear, streaming fitness. We got you covered. Don't be sad you missed the semi-annual sale. You still save 10% off. Go to onnit.com shop right now. Receive 10% off.
1: For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile
0: Two of the best and brightest, man. Absolutely love those guys. I think we need to move to North Carolina, fellas. Sounds good. You want to move to North Carolina? Yeah. I've spent enough time there. I've only done shows in Charlotte, but I didn't get to really see the city. If you move somewhere new, you don't want to move into like the downtown, wherever any major city. You don't want to be downtown. You want to be right outside. That's where you want to be, where it's safe, it's nice. You drive in the city, do your work, then get out. Daily temps around eighty-eight. I remember going there once, and it was freaking hot, but beautiful. Highest uh, average daily temp is 89. You a little humidity. They don't get really snow there, do they? I don't think they get snow there. Oh, Can't do snow.
3: There's North Carolina snow.
0: Snow North Carolina is seen based in the mountains. Not worried about that. They get five inches of snow per winter season. So no. That yeah. means no. I know I, I've been there where it gets chilly, but as far as I think Muggsy Bugs lives there, so that's another reason we are there. <laughs> Uh, all right, Tim, let's jump right into it. I think me, Kenny, and uh, yeah. Annette covered most of the Charlotte card, everything UFC-related, a little PFL, Francis News. So let's just jump in. What do you got for me, buddy?
3: Here's a quick one. So there's also a uh, Bellator over the weekend, and Fabian Edwards, who's uh, uh, Leon Edwards', Leon Edwards. brother. Yeah, yep. he beat Gegard Musasi. Big feather in the cap there. Gegard's yeah. one of the best. So Daniel White said this about Johnny Walker after the win – he said he didn't really wow anyone, didn't Charlotte? And then this is exactly what he said here that didn't sound <laughs> that good.
0: Walker didn't really wow. And this is Dana White mm-hmm. speaking. Walker didn't really wow anybody tonight, but he won. Uh, he was put on the co main event to kind of shine tonight. He got a W, so I guess that's good. So
3: I guess that's good. That's a bummer because he,
0: he outclassed a Anthony, you know, Smith, who's an absolute monster, top five perennial, top five. It's easier said than done, you know. To Dana White's point, there he could have got him out of there. He could he could have yeah. the flying knee wobbled him. That was late. Um, when Anthony Smith was just down, kind of grabbing, you know, at at the legs there. It looked like Anthony wanted out, but you know, I think Johnny Walker's showing maturity there. Didn't want to risk anything. Already got the W. Yeah, you're not gonna
3: you're not gonna impress the UFC brass when you play it safe. Uh-huh. But he'll get a big name next. Okay, so this the audio doesn't work on this because I think it's copyrighted. So we're not gonna play it anyways. But there's a guy from. The uh, the post, or no, I'm sorry, there's a press conference for Nate Diaz, Jake Paul, and one of the guys that works for Jake Paul at Better, he called out Nate Diaz's brother, Nick, in a really douchebag way.
0: The whole, but the, usually the uh, the event, especially when, you know, Logan Paul, I'm sorry, Jake Paul, Logan to that point too, but Jake Paul, they, they put on the whole press conference, mm-hmm. They're the whole production. Yeah. Usually it's great. The press conference is crushed. This one was awkward. Nate seemed like he didn't really want to be there. Jake didn't know how to handle Nate, really. It was awkward. And then you get the cherry on top of a complete shit show. You have this just total tool. Get on the (laughs) mic. And he goes, it's Derek from Better Media here. My question is for Nate. Nate, I'm actually a boxer myself. You're not. And I've been trying to get into this undercard. Then he said, I'm wondering if you think I could fight your brother Nick. If he's anything like you, I think I could beat his fucking ass. Yeah uh brother what are you gonna it's just nate. oh this is nate brother what are you just gonna walk around the streets or some shit you know all my homeboy see right now that was stupid hey derek better meet a stupid ass mother trucker what the truck you <laughs> need your ass whipped. it j- and then he got fired because apparently that's because jake did. was like he works for me i'm gonna fire him <laughs> and then the kid had, he got so much backlash Boy, yeah the, a ton. The, the Diaz family bro backlashes comes in a, like a landslide. This kid had no idea what he was doing. I don't. I don't understand. I mean, I guess it's the MMA journalist douchebag thing in a nutshell, right? Like these guys think they can he's talk to pop. Nate Nick like this. Yeah, but there's gonna be repercussions, and it's also you know he's not a journalist. It's too easy to be labeled a label journalist these days, but. For this kid too, I, I just I don't know what the motive was there. Oh, you think Nate's gonna, f- or Nick's gonna fight you on the undercard? I, you have no fights. It, just, the whole thing just so stupid, so cringy. It and to, it couldn't be worse for Jake Paul. You want to be taken serious, and this guy works for your business. He's part of this. Is the biggest story out of the press conference. It's not good.
3: Yeah, it's pretty lame.
0: So, he, but I I would like to apologize for the question I asked uh, at the Jake Paul and Nate Diaz press conference. I would especially like to apologize to my boss Jake Paul, and definitely want to apologize to Nate Diaz. Nate, please don't hurt me, but if you do, I definitely deserve it. Having said all this, Nick Diaz, the contract has been sent,
3: and then he called that Drake too.
0: <laughs> Everything's cringe about this. It was just a complete tool. Yeah, kids probably not give me the business too much longer. Uh, if he even was in the business, I, who
3: knows? Who knows? Um, so this. Oh, this was bad. Yeah, Rolly Romero versus Ismael Barroso. And then everyone agrees that the stoppage was way too early.
0: It just shows you how corrupt boxing is. <laughs> they didn't want this old vet beating the young kid, and he was about to do it. And then mm-hmm. Tony Week stopped the fight. Clarissa Shields, what'd she say? Uh, Boxer took an L tonight. That shit was pathetic. And Barrasso's 840, <laughs> I don't know. I don't care what y'all say. Good night. Y'all done ruined the
3: G. Quote. The greatest woman of all time. Again. Gotcha. And that's Ryan Garcia. Wow, that was dirty. Way too early. Yeah, super, super shady. People, <laughs> this one's funny from Kambosos. Even if he's sixty three, because he, he he looks really old. Yeah, it's a trip. He does. Yeah, yeah, ju- boxing so crap, man. Mm. Um, so Rampage Jacksons over at the. UFL. His son won his UFL debut. Went down in Memphis, Tennessee.
0: UFL two went down. uh Man, and they hit two hundred thousand views on Rumble, which is insane for a new fight league on Rumble, especially. Um, you guys know Frank me and Rampage are both super heavily involved in UFL um yeah so i think it was cool for rampage to have his son fight in his hometown you know yep tko went too. roger got it done he opened the card super impressive tko win. i think his dad's in turned pro now yep what do you he want he said he, he had to have 10 amateur fights yeah, but after passing this test he's in limb turn pro mm-hmm. uh the whole card was good i watched all of it um you know there are people from the uk south america he looked good he looked really good
3: yes sir Um, okay. So as soon as Matt Brown won, I guess he's tied for most KOs with Derek Lewis. And then Conor McGregor tweeted about it or said something about it. Matt Brown at
0: 42 years of age now holds the joint highest KO inside the UFC with 13 KOs. Him and the beast, Derek Lewis are tied. I hold eight KOs. That's five short inside the UFC. Currently at 34 years of age. I'm getting this record. (laughs) And then Matt Brown.
3: He goes, I'll fight you for it. Yep. (laughs) That's hilarious. Mm -hmm. I'd watch that fight all day. Uh, We talked about this already, but yeah, so tomorrow. So
0: May 16th. Yeah. Assuming. I can't believe Kenny didn't give us. (laughs) Kenny, you know, dude. Yeah. Kenny knows. How dare you? But uh, yeah, May 16th. I I mean, I don't think that it's going to be PFL. Where else is he going to go? Yeah. Unless he does some sort of
3: like boxing. Boxing, Yeah. That'd be cool.
0: I hope it's the boxing thing. That'd be sick.
3: Yeah. Here's another quick one. Uh, Henry Cejudo's coach, who's kind of odd, you know, Eric yeah, the glasses Yeah, he was on Ariel Hawaii's show. Ariel Hawaii's show, and he said that UFC 288 had 700,000 pay-per-view buys, but no one, ever, you know, there's no. <laughs> Aljo said, I think I think they did 225. At the and most. And Aljo
0: gets a pay-per-view cut, so he would know. Yeah. I was told yesterday, we'd, this is Aljo, go. I was told yesterday we'd be lucky to break 250 pay-per-view buys. And you're going to air, going on air to lie that you know for certain we made seven hundred thousand. Are you on the on the bottle this afternoon, bro? Stop the cap, for the old heads out there. Cap means lying. <laughs> I don't know why. Do you guys you know the definition of cap? Yeah, I mean it means lying, but I don't know why. No, know, I'm or saying lie, I don't cap. Know, have no idea. I Meaning the world, yeah. Yeah, there's no way that, that fight did 700 buys. I don't, but why put that out there? 000. That's just him trying to get traction for his guy. You know, be like, look, he's actually a draw. And it's like, no.
3: I mean, I'm sure the actual pay-per-view numbers will eventually come out. So it's going to look weird. Yeah, maybe. Uh, Your boy, Sean O'Malley. Remember when he first thought that Suhudo won? Well, we had, remember, we did a one-on-one with Sugar Sean
0: last yep. week. And I said, you were sitting cage side. You scored it for Suhudo. I said, obviously, that's going to be biased because everybody knows watching K side. This is why the judges' scoring is ridiculous. It's not. It's hard to critique a fight. It's hard to judge it correctly. And he goes, "Yeah, you're right. I need to watch it." Here we go. Rewatch Henry versus Aljo. Four one Aljo. That's <laughs> complete different. Crazy how much different the fight looked from being there live compared to TV. So, boy, were you off? Yeah, dude. <laughs> I gotta watch it again. <laughs> uh, you might um, be right. I mean, just me. Dominic Cruz, Sugar Sean, think Aljo. Whatever. I know you might be probably, right.
3: Dude, we're sipping. like Oh,
0: this. that's what I'd never put too much yeah. weight into when we critique the fights off of that.
3: Mm. Uh, also, Sean O'Malley, so Mother's Day just happened on his YouTube channel. He gave away $100,000 to his, uh, I think, yeah, his, his wife and his mom. So 50K each. Oh, 50K. Yeah, each? And yeah, whole, he's getting that you, Dana White bonus. He's got a lot of money, dude. So that was pretty dope. Yeah, it's cool. Trying to
0: outshine all the Sons out yeah. there, God, fifty k man. Give my wife some sneakers.
3: <laughs> well, you buy her cars and stuff. So, same. well, yeah. um So, I I didn't want to bring this up for Kenny to answer, but apparently nine fighters from PFL uh, are suspended, and they won't say exactly what it is, but most likely it's and know, there's more drugs. Yeah, yeah, there's more. Yeah, yep. yeah, there's a
0: lot more there too, and it was over like a period of time.
3: Like it wasn't like all in one oh, okay. fight card.
0: It's over a period of time. Apparently, there's a lot more to this story as well. Gotcha. Anybody thinks on steroids and PFL, they're on steroids. Yeah, <laughs> it's like PFL. Go ahead, yeah. Let them do their thing. Yeah. it's like slap fight league. Yeah, let them do the. Whatever I know, that's the funniest. one. Let them one. do
3: coke and slap. <laughs> uh, this is obviously this is going to come, but uh, so Robbie, Robbie Lawler announced that he's going to retire after his next fight. UFC. Yeah, but tonight. he's not on the main card, is he? I well, think he like he's on the undercard. The like the last prelim or something. I think so.
0: I don't know, but that's against Nico Price. Look, Lawler versus Nico will headline the prelims. Damn.
3: All this, this guy's done. How much for the UFCs on the prelims? You son of a bitch! I get it though. Him and Nico Price on the the last prelim. That I don't. <laughs> no, no, no. Do you have somebody else do it? He deserves to be on the main cards. He definitely deserves. Ridiculous.
0: it. Ridiculous. But he's going to pay a lot of ridiculous. attention. It's Robbie Lawler, you son of a bitch. How's he not on the main card for his last fight? Mm. All he's done for the UFC,
3: disrespectful. <laughs> um, did you read this headline already, John Jones? For his pay-per-view, it grossed more than the UFC has in the past 12 months, so just out of the year.
0: I always told you guys, the narrative that John Jones isn't a big pay-per-view star, that was created by the UFC back in the day. They pushed that narrative, pushed that narrative. It's just not true. You look at his numbers, it's not true in any facet. Mm. Massive pay-per-view star. Probably the biggest they have. You look at over his long career.
3: Yep. Uh, Revenue of three... They're three point three million for the quarter, which is up to, which is up fifty-six point six million. You, you just look at his
0: numbers of all the major pay per views. These headlines, the numbers are solid. Now, are they Ronda Rousey, Conor McGregor? No, but over just the average, he, he's a pay per view star, man. He's the greatest of all time. The the UFC pushed that narrative, which is so weird uh, it, because that's your product, man. It doesn't make sense. He represents you guys. <laughs> so this weekend. Is tough fight. Mackenzie
3: I, Dern versus Angela Hill.
0: Love Mackenzie Dern, Saturday. love Angela
3: Hill. At the apex, too.
0: Yeah. And yeah here's a the card. One. My boy Edmund Sh- Shabazian's fighting as the co-main event. Anthony Hernandez. That's a great fight. It's a tough card, it man. Is very tough. Very tough. Chase Hoover back in action. It's a tough fucking card. <laughs> so tough. I tried hyping you guys up. It's just, I'm sorry. You see, the the, the net, we we're looking at, you know, because we look at it for companions or you know, to break down stuff. The summer's not fun. <laughs> Usually, they pack the summer. It's tough, man.
1: There's that qu- a- someone
0: that put out this question: Would you rather the UFC do less cards so we get more big name stacked. fights and like stack cards, or just keep doing what they're doing so you have a fight every week? I would rather have less cards, more stacked lineups.
3: It definitely felt a lot bigger back in the days.
0: Yeah. Because yeah. now you're going the box a model, you know, mm. which clearly that hasn't worked out for them. Yeah, and
3: everything's up in the air.
0: Yeah, there's so many fights we're waiting for. Yeah. uh Devin Haney's a good one. That's yep. coming up May 20th. Yeah, there's not a lot to be excited about. We're just waiting, man. Yeah, summer's mm-hmm. light. It is not a UFC summer. It's a Thick Boy <laughs> summer, not a UFC summer.
3: I know. Hopefully we we'll get news though with Francis. Yeah. And uh John Jones. That July card stacked.
0: The pay per view in July stacked. June's tough. Yeah. Is that it, Jay? That's pretty much it. All right, dude. Those are terrible. <laughs> <laughs> All right, kids, thing. hope you all enjoyed the show. Hopefully you enjoyed the brilliant John Anik, Kenny Florin, Pasadena see this Friday at the Ice House Shopping Friends. 8 p.m. show, and then June 2nd to the 4th, the tour officially picks back up in the Comedy Store in La Jolla, right side San Diego. That's a Friday, Saturday, Sunday show. And then starting June 15th, I'm jumping over to the U.K. I'm in Belfast, Glasgow, Manchester, London, Cardiff, and Dublin. Get your tickets at thickboy.com. All right, kids, that's it. Be nice to each other. Love you. Go Nuggets. See you next week.